interviewing a lot of powerful midlife people that have broken through a lot of this and everyone looks different. They are in a different stage, all these different things, but the commonality is they all have focused on what they want versus a problem of what they're stuck in. And this is such an important shift for people. It's so, and it's, you know, I would have said the same thing in weight loss and fit and nutrition and fitness. You have to decide what you want and you have to get visualize what that's going to feel like because just starting a new diet or a workout program without having that in place is going to lead to failure. Yeah. Or a rebound, right? Yeah. Or even just go, think about it, going to you and starting all of your supplements and your protocol and all the things, if they haven't actually decided they want to get better, we're going to go nowhere. Your stuff can be amazing, but they have to make that decision first. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cause it's a commitment. There's the small mm -hmm. heart steps on a daily basis that we do yes. have to do to work out. Girl, you've got questions, questions about your body and how to feel good in it, about your hormones and how to keep them in check, questions about your sex life and your whole health. Can you imagine having a best girlfriend who was also a triple board certified OBGYN? A girlfriend doctor you could call and ask or tell her anything. Someone who could show you how to live any stage of life before, during, or after menopause in a big, bold, and beautiful way. Well, friends, I'm your girlfriend doctor. I believe you were meant to flourish and shine, to embrace life and awaken to all its possibilities. Let's get there together. Welcome to our show. Natalie, welcome to the Girlfriend Doctor Show. Can't wait to chat with you. For our audience, Natalie is a real girlfriend. She's, I met her through the Unicorn Club, which was founded by JJ Virgin and Cynthia Pasquala. And she's just um, amazing, a whole burst of energy and keeps us keeps us moving and motivated and laughing. So I'm glad to have you here today. <laughs> I feel the same about you. Thank you. Natalie, I love your redefine. You know, I love your redefine to midlife conversation. So I'd love for you to share with our audience a little bit about what this transition has meant for yeah. you and tell us your story. So, you know, I accidentally got into fat loss and fitness years ago. Uh, it was my own transformation. It was my own passion. It was my from my own place of setback and failure and hardship. And I was really focused on fitness and nutrition. And as I was doing that for myself, I attracted an audience on Facebook years ago. And I somehow got thrown into this position of being a fitness and fat loss expert, which I absolutely enjoyed, but it was never my intention to go out and create that. So I built a whole brand around helping women. My gosh, I helped over 150,000 women lose weight and keep it off, uh, really doing that. And it, about two years ago, right before I was turning 50, I'm 51 now as we record this, I just started having this ping of this isn't what's lighting me up anymore. This is not my purpose. And I, it was one of those things I kept kind of feeling it, hearing it, but I didn't know what to do about it. Cause I had a whole business around it. I had a lot of clients around that. I was helping people. It, it started to feel super comfortable. I know somebody listening can maybe relate to this. And I started just thinking, yes, I'm good at this, but if my passion is gone for it, then am I the best person for people for this? Because as soon as we lose our passion for something, we're probably not the best coach or teacher of something. So I started noticing that 
And around that time, other things started happening to me. I mean, one age was creeping up. So perimenopause, menopause, the hot flashes were starting, all the different things that were navigating there. I had four major injuries, and I mean major injuries, a torn bicep, uh, a ruptured disc in my lower back. So I was having all of these these things sort of happen to me, these circumstances. And I started that really laid you up that, you know, really laid you up. Yes. Back injury and to recuperate yeah. from that and relearn, retrain. So it was like, I had this thought that I should be moving on to something else, but I, I was sort of ignoring it. And then I was having these things. So as I was hitting, you know, my fifties here, and I'm thinking, is this really what I want to do? And is this really what I feel is so important for women? And my answer was actually, no, I don't think fitness and nutrition is everything for women. I think it's part of us, but we're so much more than that. And I started for my own information, just digging and pivoting my podcast into midlife topics, just in general, like what's happening with our hormones. What's happening with our skin? What's happening with our hair? <laughs> what is happening with our focus, our energy? Like just a lot of things that we navigate in midlife. What's happening raising teenagers or becoming an empty nester? So as curious as I got about that, as much as I started sharing about that and the comedy within it, it was interesting how I was attracting a whole new audience. And I decided to make a full pivot into, you know what? There's a lot more to be said here. And I want to help women in this stage of their life really normalize it and feel good about themselves versus my life is over now. Oh, that's so good. And I think that whole thing is to normalize this transition, right? It's no different than puberty. Menopause is natural and mandatory. Suffering is optional. And the just this transformation, you know, we look at menopause in the U.S. It's been this, you know, this last winter type season, right? Yeah. Versus the Japanese call it the second spring. <laughs> and I love that the second spring. And, and I think that's really a piece to embracing the second spring and to really being in your own authentic self, comfortable with yeah. your body and this cathedral of our spirit is talking about it, is having these yes. conversations, is recognizing you are not alone, you are not broken. And plus our medical system has done us no favors in how we've taken care of women before, during, and after menopause. None. We really have not. In fact, we've hurt this is, you know, I mean, it breaks my heart because I'm I was part of that. I was part of the problem. Mm. So I think, you know, I, that's why I'm so happy to have these conversations and, and get and this what information. was happening to me Anna, is people were saying to me, so they'll say something to like, well, you don't look 51. And I thought I would think, well, what is it supposed to look like? That's number one. Cause to me, this is what it looks like, or you don't act 51. And again, what is it? How are we supposed to be acting? So I had this whole conversation of what people think it is. And then you add in the body positivity movement, which is great for a lot of people, but it was sends mis messages for aging. So you're aging. Does that mean you are, you have to go gray and not do anything cosmetically, or you're not aging well, or does that mean you do some things like get Botox and fix some things. And then people talk about that. You did that. Like you, you almost couldn't win. And I thought there's just so much more to this conversation. And then you add that to changing purpose as I was going through, you know, like I, Hey, I'm not passionate about fitness and fat loss and nutrition anymore. That's not lighting me up. And I was thinking about all the women navigating that too. Like maybe they were a stay home mom. Maybe they, all they knew was this one thing or, and now they're in this or they time were working, of, they were yeah. changed to a desk or working in a yeah. job they didn't love. And now we're nearing, you know, what's supposed to be retirement. And we're thinking, do I have purpose here? Is this, what is this? So I, I knew if I was having those questions, other women are too. 
Yeah. And so would you think the biggest search at this time of transition is for that purpose is to be walking in our purpose? I I honestly do. I, and it's, and it's funny because there's not a black and white quick answer for it, but if you really get to the root of women and you ask them about their changing hormones or their changing appearance or what they're feeling, if you really get to the root, most people will say, well, I want to be happy. I want to be confident. And that really comes down to purpose because when you are living on purpose, it's amazing how you feel and how you look. And Mm -hmm. I'll tell you, I stopped getting injured when I figured it out. You know, it's like, it's like, so when I really believe there's something to that. And I watch uh, even you like in your purpose doing how you're thriving. And I think there's something really, it's scary for women and it's okay to want your purpose in midlife. It's okay. Oh yeah. Like you should, Natalie, come visit me and I'll take you horseback riding and have you drive the big old truck. And (laughs) there's so many fun things. Like there's a certain freedom with the shift reproductive level hormones to postmenopausal hormones. There really is. And I, I like, you know, what you're sharing because it says what no longer serves you, let it go. Yes. Yes, absolutely. That's a powerful piece and, and tapping into your purpose. What lights you up? What gets you out of bed in the morning? What, you know, inspires you. Mm. And, and that's a hard thing to, to sometimes tap into what it it is. And so what were some of like, how did you tap into that? And you, like we both, I have a 14 year old at home, almost 15, you have a 14, 15 year old at home, 15 and a half. And so now we've got menopause with teenagers. Oh yeah. Who decided that was a good idea? I know. No, God, that that. is is a cruel (laughs) joke. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That we're combining that. I fact, I had a funny video on Instagram about that, about the hormones crossing like mine and my daughter's and yeah, it's a, it's a whole thing. So, Oh wait, on that note though, I would tell you something and see if you've experienced it. But so my 14 year olds with me, my uh, 26 year old and her baby are with me. And so she's just weaned off breastfeeding. So my daughter, Amanda, she's starting to have her cycles again and all this stuff. My kids hate when I talk about this, but so she, so she's starting to have her cycles again. And I was like having, like, I wanted chocolate and I wanted, Mm -hmm. you know, all kinds of stuff. And I was like having a phantom cycle. And this was really powerful because I think Amanda's hormones postpartum now are just, we're so strong. Again, now, you know, everyone's in sync in the house. I'm menopausal for a year, but I was having this phantom cycle, which I thought was kind of fun. Have you experienced that or in sync? So I'm not personally... I'm not in, I keep thinking I'm in menopause and then it comes back. So right. I mean, I'm definitely still, I'm peri. close to it. I'm in the peri, but I'll skip a few months and then have one. So there's, there's that. So, so mine has no rhyme or reason to it at the moment right now. So I haven't been fortunate enough to get to that space yet. So no, rhyme. but this goes with that topic because I will say, I was under, because I always taught natural food eating and moving our body and all this stuff. I always thought, oh, natural, natural, natural. And I had this bad stigma about not toughing through symptoms. And as you know, I was having hot flashes like crazy. And like, there's, there's help for that. There's so much help for that. Yep. You don't have to suffer and Mm -hmm. a little bit of support, you know, versus suppression often the medical system and actually interviewed another physician recently. And she was on birth control pills till Mm. she was 50 and then taken off. And then she's in Wow. menopause, but how long was that yeah. in the process? And we were just suppressing, suppressing, suppressing. And that's not, you know, that's not a way to address hot flashes. No. So if your doctor's giving that to you as an op, you know, for our listeners, if your doctor is just offering you birth control pills to help you through menopause, that is not the answer. We don't want to change suppress. doctors. I know you can't say that, but I will. 
Yeah. Thank Change you. doctors. <laughs> and I always say we don't want to suppress or replace our hormones. We want to replenish our hormones. So it goes yes. both ways through diet and exercise, lifestyle, mental sleep, all those things that you've been focusing on and your symptoms, yes. you know, your symptoms improve while you're supplementing, why we're supplementing with hormones, but not a repressive doses. Exactly. And I'm, I know everybody has different thoughts on this, but I I'm not a fan of the synthetic hormones at all. So I chose for me, bioidentical and then supplements on top of it, like your mighty maca, like using supplements and then bioidentical for me is what was life-changing for me. So I'm a huge fan of, of, of that. I think everyone has a personal journey with it, but there's just not enough information. And I certainly didn't want to be the expert on it, but with midlife conversations, what that's allowed me to do is really bring on a lot of, out of a lot of experts and just be the, the facilitator of the conversations. Uh, which is helping me and now helping other people without it, me being the expert on that. What's been one of the most fascinating conversations you've had? On, uh, I think bioidentical versus HRT, HRT. I never understood that there was a difference. I would lump it into the same thing before. And now I fully understand there is synthetic hormones and hormone replacement, and then there's bioidentical. So to me, that is fascinating to me because so many people don't get that. And to add to that same topic, the um, those flawed studies from 2002 that everyone's been so scared of, they think, you know, by taking hormone replacement or bioidentical, you're going to get cancer. And that's all been disproven, but we've still based so many doctors are prescribing and or not prescribing based on that flawed study from 2002. Right. Absolutely. And that women with a prior history of breast cancer can't have uh, safe hormonal therapy. Yes. And it's that's incorrect too. So having that education, that piece is really mm -hmm. powerful as well. It's a challenging, a challenging discussion for sure. And second to that, I just had a conversation the other day with Jack Canfield. Uh, that'll actually oh. air on my podcast soon. And that would, I would say, I'll put that on the top of most interesting conversations. I, I don't know how old he is, but he is older than us. And he just talking to him and realizing how he created and what he created in his midlife um, because of his focus and his belief set and where he chose to visualize and concentrate uh, was super eye-opening to me. So what did, what, tell me more about that. So visualize, well, he's concentrate. So I've always been a fan of vision. Uh, in fact, my method, uh, when I teach people how to get into the, I call it your next chapter is decide vision action. Um, we have to make a decision. So like, for example, in midlife, we can decide that it's all downhill or we can decide it's going to be our best years. Like it's a decision first, but then before you can take the actions, which is the last step, there's this area of vision. What is it that you actually want? What is it that you actually want for yourself? And it's something that I practice. It's what I do with my sales clients. And it's what I do with my midlife conversation clients. Like, what do we actually want? So what I loved about my conversation with him is he has spent years just living in that vision space. And he's created everything he had from visualization, from saying uh, positive affirmations, from focusing on what he wants versus what is, focusing on possibility versus circumstance, uh, focusing on potential versus problem. So these little things that we've said and we've practiced on our own, that's been his whole life's work. So listening to that just really solidified how important that is, especially in midlife, to not let our minds take over. You know, I was hanging out with a friend the other day and he caught me, who I think is a positive thinker. He said that I, in like an hour, made seven comments about being older that were negative. And I hadn't even realized I had said them. So we do that. We say things like, oh, wait till you're in your fifties or sixties, or wait till your skin falls like this, or wait till you're, you know, 
everything starts dropping or you're, you know, we do that. And those things are powerful, what we're saying and believing. Right. And it seeds, uh, it seeds that belief even deeper into our own body's belief system. And then that carries it through. I think Jack Canfield in his late seventies. And what I love, I have an aunt, she's my mom's cousin's wife. So she's not really an aunt, but we call her aunt Margo. She's in New York city. She has lived in Manhattan for 60 years, 70 years. And she turned 96 years old. She turned 96 yeah. years old. And the one thing that she said, she says, I keep moving to the every day. And she got on her little stepper at 96 in her apartment and she's on her stepper and she's talking. She goes, the secret is I keep moving. I keep uh, grateful and recognizing the good in other people. And then she said, and I eat chocolate, <laughs> I don't eat <laughs> I much that. chocolate, but yes. I enjoy those things that, you know, bring me pleasure. I enjoy that's that. so good. Mm-hmm. So good. Yeah. And that's it. You know, I asked some questions about like, what happens when, like, how did you handle COVID and the setbacks? And it's like, I just didn't engage the conversations. You know, he didn't. And if someone was trying to bring down his mood, he would just like, listen, but not engage it. Just constantly focusing on what's possible. And I really think that's just such a important skill set for us to be using in midlife is to be focusing on what we want and how we want to live versus the problem of what is. Yeah. And what do you think the difference in midlife is for men versus women? I think they have their own journey for sure. I think that midlife crisis is real. Midlife conversations is real. Um, But because I'm a female, I primarily speaking into what I'm personally navigating. So I, I don't know how much is different, but I think there's a heavier weight on appearance with, with women because men are known to be distinguished as the age and be more attractive. But women, we are, you do lose that, that youthful look, you do start changing. And it's a hard thing for a lot of women to lose that confidence around that. And that's why it's even more important to know what's my purpose. What am I here for? What is something else? Because if we're just holding on to looks, we're really going to have some issues there. Oh my gosh, that's so good. That's so true. And then, you know, one of the things we talked about in my girlfriend doctor club just this week is what do, what's the first thought when you look at yourself in the mirror, when you're walking by a mirror and you mm. look at yourself, you know, what's your first thought? Are you like, oh, you know, this is too tight or I'm seeing these wrinkles or do, are you kind to yourself? Are you being mm-hmm. kind to yourself? Can you focus? Can we make a commitment here in the Girlfriend Doctor Club community? Can we make a commitment to focus on what is good, what is positive, being kind, really cheering yourself on focusing on the good and you know the laugh lines maybe maybe it's that part the smile focus on your eyes your spirit your energy I said there's the difference here because when women walk by a mirror they're going to look at what they don't like they will focus on oh does my butt look big you know be Mm -hmm. self-critical yep when a man walks by a mirror they're like look at these biceps yeah you know I've got these great big guns and they're totally ignoring a beer gut right they're gifted at ignoring that they are, they know to focus on what is positive, what they like. Mm. And I think that's, that's one difference that I've definitely noted in the dynamics, even as women and men get older, that that almost becomes more of a difference. And so we have to retrain ourselves. Don't you think as women, how, how would, how do you go about that? So number one, I don't think you can fake and say, oh, I, I look beautiful when you don't feel that that's really challenging. However, you can focus on 
this is why it's so important to number one, decide what it is that you want and to get in the vision of what would be possible and what would that feel like if you got there. So it's really important to get in that place of what would be possible if, and, and how would that feel? And then start focusing on creating that versus fixing what currently is, if this makes sense. So for example, let's just, I'm just going to take weight loss because that was my industry for years. Let's say you're just really unhappy with your body composition. If you look in the mirror and go, oh, I have a hundred pounds to lose. I look ugly. I look fat. I look gross. And you're focused on that nothing is going to change. But if you can visualize what would make me really feel like I took care of myself this year, like what would, if it was the end of this year, what would that be? And maybe it's, I've lost 25 pounds or I've gotten stronger. Or I can fit into a different size, but you really sit in with that visualization of like, what would that feel like? What would that be like? What would I be wearing? What would that look like? And you stop your brain from going to, but I don't right now, or, but I can't right now. You just go to, what do I want? And you start evoking that feeling. Then you focus on that as your goal, that vision, that feeling. So it becomes every day things like I'm becoming the type of person who takes care of myself. I'm becoming the type of person who loves to move my body. I'm becoming the type of person who loves to eat nourishing food. I'm becoming the type of person who takes care of my nutrition and my health. So you, that is much more believable than I'm beautiful when you don't feel it, you know? So well, it's, it's working on through the feeling first. But also focus on what is, what is the one thing maybe that you do like about yourself? What is something that lights you up about yourself? And it could be that, you know, Hey, thanks for being here. Great job getting out of bed mm -hmm. this morning, but it has to be something that is shifting your energy. I had this patient and oh my gosh, she was in her mid thirties and she was, you know, hormone issues, inflammation, autoimmune issues, mm. struggling. And finally, like I'd been seeing her for a year. I mean, I threw everything mm -hmm. I had at her and finally I had her, I questionnaire, I would give my teenage girls and I called it my positive self-assessment questionnaire. Cause we always focus on the problems mm -hmm. in medicine with yeah. are you having hot flashes, constipation, pain. So this was, you know, on a scale of one to zero to four, rate these statements, zero being not at all and four being, yeah, over the moon, right? And it is, you know, I am, you know, I, I love myself. I love my body. I positive, or I am energetic and mm. better. And so uh, just seven questions and she had zeros down all of those questions. Wow. And I said, I'm working at a spiritual level here. Like the physical is nothing yes. to do with this. And I said, well, yes. tell me one thing you like about yourself. And she said, nothing. And I said, God, mm. I love your hair. She had this curly, dark hair. And then she lit up and she goes, I do like my hair. And I said, well, I want you just to focus on that for the yeah, next that's great advice. I see you back. I want you just to focus on that one thing, nothing else, just focus on that. It shifted her energy. That's amazing. Natalie. And it was just like that realization for me, because I'm hypercritical, hyper perfectionist sure. and all of these things. It was like, huh, really pay attention to that part of, you know, the medical encounter at least. Right. Yeah. It's, it's so important. And I would say if you, if you're listening and you, you are in that place of, I don't like anything about myself, yeah. then I would ask somebody else what they like about you and try oh. to get some feedback there. And just like you gave her the hair comment and That's go to the, what, point. yeah. And the, what would I love? So it just, cause even thinking what you would love will shift your energy. Cause you're in that space of daydreaming and thinking and moving towards that feeling versus a current circumstance. I think that can change a lot. And it's, you know, I really, I've had a lot of amazing guests on my, on, on my conversations uh, podcast and on, and on my upcoming summit. And I, I, I listen to, I'm interviewing a lot of powerful midlife people that have broken through a lot of this and everyone looks different. They are in a different stage, all these different things, but the commonality is they all have focus on what they want. 
mm. versus a problem of what they're stuck in. And this is such an important shift for people. It's so, and it's, you know, I would have said the same thing in weight loss and fit and nutrition and fitness. You have to decide what you want and you have to get visualize what that's going to feel like because just starting a new diet or a workout program without having that in place is going to lead to failure. Yeah. Or a rebound, right? Yeah. Or even just go think about it, going to you and starting all of your supplements and your protocol and all the things, if they haven't actually decided they want to get better, we're going to go nowhere. Your stuff could be amazing, but they have to make that decision first. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cause it's a commitment. There's the small mm -hmm. heart steps on a daily basis that we do yes. have to do to work out. Speaking of which, you'll be proud of me. I did get up and do my workout uh, this morning. Stu Schaefer coaches me virtually a couple times Amazing. a week. And it, it's just so fun to like, that is one thing that I've really conditioned myself, no matter what, I'm going to not cancel this. Like I am going so to good. get to this. And, so and I think those are the things, especially as we get older, that we're committing to the things that we know are going to make us healthier in our seventies, eighties, and nineties. We even yes. think about it in our twenties and thirties. We're like, okay, for the moment and for the dress now it's like, what's going to keep me flexible, climbing mountains, playing with my great grandkids, hopefully yep. granddaughter. So playing with them and keeping me flexible during, you know, an energetic and strong and all of these yep. things, you know, these 10, 20, 30 years from now versus what do I need to do today, you know, just to make it through the day and totally. that helps you make these things, these commitments. So that is a big thing. You are a change agent. So give us, um, give us an example of, of making that commitment to the change and the small daily steps that we have to do. Mm -hmm. So number one, you have, you have to revisit your decision every day. So before you can start any change on anything, you have to decide what it is that you want, not the how, but what is it that you want? So for example, um, I'll just talk about it. Like, and you could do this in any, in any topic I've done this in multiple topics. So I did it in business. I, I decided that I no longer was going to be the fitness and fat loss expert, but instead I was branching off and starting midlife conversations. And I was going to start my sales business. I was very clear. That was my decision. That's a decision in business. So with my body, I decided that in my fifties, I was going to be getting in better shape than I had been in my forties. That was the decision in my fifties. I also decided that I was not going to let these hormone shifts take me down. It was a decision. So you have to make a decision first. So wherever you are, whatever you're experiencing right now, decision is number one. Number two, you can't skip this step. You've got to think through the vision. When people think of vision, they think of the how, but how am I going to do that? I don't have the money or the resources or the time or no, not the how the vision, if anything was possible, what would that be? If anything was po like, maybe you're stressed out in your business and you're, you're, it's, if anything was possible, I would be working three days a week and it would be fun, focused time. I would have a team that's running my business for me. Everything would be going in the same direction. I would be making X amount this a year. My profit margins would be 45%, whatever. That's a, that's a vision. That's a vision. Same Love thing your with vision. your yeah, your health, your body, that you have to take the time on the vision first. The actions only work after decision and vision. They And see, most people go to actions first. Oh, I just need to hire this coach or this, go to this mastermind or their body. I just need to take this pill or go to this doctor. No, those are actions. You have to do decision and vision first. This is so important. It's, it's kind of like, and it's kind of like building um, a house on a faulty foundation. If you build a house on sand, it might look really good for a day <laughs> and then the water is going to come in or the wind's going to change and it's all going to crash down. So if we're not, if we're taking actions that are not built on decision and vision, we are going to crash down. So decision and vision first. And then you ask, what do you do each day? How do you start your day? I remind myself of those things every single morning. In fact, I, I go, I'm a little not so here. I go as far as I have recordings on my phone 
uh, I have four of them and it starts out. I'm so happy and grateful that, and it's, I recorded them three years in the future. So it's, it's me three years from now, looking back on what my relationship is now. That's one of them. It's three years in the future, looking back on my house and my living environment, what it is now it's three years in the future, looking back on my business, what it is now. And I'm talking in present tense, but three years from now. And I play those first thing every morning for, so I remind myself before I do anything, I'm listening to that, reminding myself while I'm getting ready or while I'm laying in bed, it's the first thing I'm listening to. There's that. Then the next thing I'm going to do is I'm going to focus on some type of gratitude. I don't have a formal practice of it. Some people like to write some, it doesn't matter, but I believe we are rewarded when we're focused on gratitude. If we work as we focus on complaints and what's wrong, we get more of that. So I find something, some days I, it's really a stretch. I got to lie. I, I'm not going to lie. Some days I'm in a, I'm in a hormonal mood and, and nothing feels amazing, but then I'll go. I love my bed. I'm grateful for my bed. I'm grateful that I have this house. I'm grateful that I live in San Diego. I'm grateful that I have an interview with Anna today, whatever you, you find that gratitude. And then from that space, I'll start my day. And um, I, I've done a lot of um, really critical things to stop me from going down circumstantial rabbit holes. Like I don't just put up with hot flashes. I take things for that, but that's number one. Number two, I don't have email on my phone because I don't want to be reactive to somebody else's problem. So there's a lot of, it's a lot of information I'm saying quick, but the point is I was very clear on my decision and my vision first, and then the actions start getting easy. Mm, no, I, I love that. And you can really see that. So visualizing that, and do you do vision board or future board or? Yeah. So I, I used to always do a vision board. I've switched this year to a vision book. So I actually have a book that instead of making a vision board, I pull out things that I want. Like my vision book right now has pictures of places I want to travel to. It has pictures of the animals I want to have, kitchen that I want. It has like things that I want to step into. So that's actually the last thing I look at before bed. And I, when I don't, when I look at them, I really think like if I'm there now, like what would that feel like? I love that. I and love I do that. that. Yeah. I, I love that. Yeah. We did that in our girlfriend doctor club and we did, um, future boards, vision boards. So of course I told everyone I wanted to see there. So I had to do mine and yep. it was, it was super fun to do that. I had it before we moved. And I told my daughter Ava, cause she had done it too. Yep. So she was 10 when she did it, or maybe a little bit younger, but we did this great mm -hmm. vision board. And I said, she's an amazing manifester because she had horses, she had rodeo championship rodeo. She had first class Good. air, you know, airline ticket. And I'm telling you every one of those things, like we got, like her and I got, we're flying international and yeah. somehow we got bumped to first class, her and I. Oh my gosh. Like, like no reason it just, it just happened. No, mm -hmm. I have no, I, you know, we, I'm a, a frequent flyer, but not for both of us or, or wow. that, that high. So that was exciting. And then I'm in Texas hauling horses for her. So somehow That's she amazing. got straight. And so teaching that to our kids too, and I'm trying to yes. get her to do another one because now 14, 15, and we lost those in, in the move and, uh, you know, mm -hmm. hurricane or whatever between now and then. But, you know, like doing this again, and so I did it on my computer in PowerPoint, but I definitely am going to print that out too. Yeah. So I, what I don't love about on the computer is we're still in that electronic of distractions, whatever. There's something about the touch and the feel. And, you know, when I made a vision board, it's called a decision board. So instead of a future board or a vision, I'd say it's my decision, like it's happening. But the book, um, I like the just kind of turning pages, almost like it's a ritual before I'm going to sleep. 
just reminding myself of what it is. And it also helps you get really clear on what to say no to when you start getting clear on your vision and your decision. Because like for me, where I used to just like, I'll just in business, I'll, for example, I say yes to almost every opportunity. Now I don't, because if they don't fit into where I'm headed and my three-year vision, that doesn't, that doesn't fit into my life. So I say no. So it gets, it actually gets a lot less stressful when you start getting clear on your decision and your vision. Yeah. Yeah. No, that sounds good. So when you say a vision book or your decision book, do you just have pictures, drawings? Words? Yeah. So I bought, um, I just got like a photo album. I have two of them. One's pink for my office and the other's blue for my bedroom. And that I, in there put actual pictures that I printed off the internet. So like I would put in private jet and print it out, put it down. Um, I put, and, and I put in, um, super fit 50 year old women and I didn't like what I saw. So I put super fit 30 year old women and I pulled pictures of that. <laughs> like I, you have to pick what you, what's going to motivate you. Mm -hmm. And then you put that in the book and then that's what I look at. I love it. I like the decision book. It has been, you know, it is, and it is done, right? That's mm -hmm. powerful. All right. So tell our audience about your summit and how we can get a hold of you and everyone. You got to check out Natalie Jill's social yeah. media. She is so fun on social. Too. So oh, thank you. So my social media is Natalie Jill Fit. I think I'm stuck with the fit name forever. Uh, so Natalie Jill Fit everywhere. Uh, and I do a lot of stuff on midlife on Instagram and Facebook and uh, YouTube shorts. I have a podcast called Midlife Conversations. And then everything I have upcoming, you can find it at NatalieJill.com. Perfect. Thank you, Natalie. Um, it's great to be here with you. Quick rapid fire question. So in the Girlfriend Doctor, we're based on four pillars, nourish, shine, awaken, and embrace. These four categories think, bring us that healthy foundation, like you said, that solid foundation for life. And so the first one is nourish. What is a favorite food that, you know, you just would eat on your last day on earth if you had one? Oh my gosh, a favorite food. Mm -hmm. um, I... I like so many different foods. That's such a, that's such a hard question. I, I don't know that I have one favorite, but I love fruits and vegetables. And I know that sounds really weird. My husband calls me a brontosaurus, but <laughs> I just feel like really good when I'm eating raw fruits and vegetables. So I, I eat a lot of them and I, every day, even if I'm, I'm not saying I don't love chocolate and all that I do, but that's, I, I don't feel complete if I'm not eating a lot of those every day. Mm, very good. Okay. And awaken what's a book by your bedside right now? Mm, well, my vision book is by my bedside. Mm -hmm. And I also have I have uh, Jack Canfield's daily uh, law of attraction one. So it's mm -hmm. like 50 a thing you can do every day. That's so good. Okay. And uh, shine for shine. Uh, uh, skincare regimen beauty hack your hair stuff hands down is amazing your hair mask if anyone listening does not have that yet this is not a paid commercial but you have to get it I told her my hair is pettable now <laughs> it's like <laughs> makes it shiny and soft that is my favorite go-to I use it as my conditioner in the shower and I put like some in after as a leave-in and I even put something on the dry my dry hair it's so good oh my gosh thank my you favorite. thank you for saying that me too I'm like oh yeah, everybody go buy that. Huge change. That's Seriously. the beauty locks, everyone. Amazing. I did not put her up to this, you guys. <laughs> so, and then embrace. You've been married for a number of years. You've had, what is something that keeps the intimacy, keeps the spark mm -hmm. that is uh, a priority in your life to keep connection? Having fun, playing, having fun. Uh, not taking ourselves too seriously. Mm, yeah. And that can get hard when we're going in different directions, when our body's changing. And yeah. I have to remember, I have to remind myself, but nothing's as important as that. So I coined a word called oxyplay. 
having oxy oh, every day, better than foreplay. You can do it with or without a partner, but it's increasing oxytocin. So it's fun, yeah. laughter, play, doing things you love and enjoy. Mm. So things that lift you up and not weigh you down. So that's OxyPlay. That's so so good. that'll be my next book, Natalie. That's my next so project. So good. OxyPlay. I love it. Yay. Yeah. I love so it's that. been amazing to have you here. You guys, NatalieJill.com, Natalie Jill Fit on social, every, every TikTok, YouTube, shorts, uh, Instagram, and um, check her out. You will be hearing a lot more about her midlife conversations in that summit as well. So Watch your emails for an invitation to that and definitely check that out. A lot to come, you guys. This is the time to open up, be authentic, be real and be true to yourselves. And we're here with you on the journey. You guys, till next time. Till then, it's Dr. Anna Kabeca. 